Welcome back, listeners, to another episode of Go Be Wyoming. This is the first and only Wyoming-themed podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Gray, and joining me today is co-host Zach Gale. <laughs> Zach, you're starting your practicum, man. I am. Yep. My schedule just got a lot busier. <laughs> that's awesome. No, that's good. That's good news. Um, you know, and we've got a lot to talk about today. Um, yep. On this week, we're going to split up each segment. So we'll have three different segments coming out for this week. Um, but first, before we jump into them, everyone, please, please subscribe. Please follow us. Share us out. Um, let's grow our audience a little bit. I think, um, you know, if you guys like our ramblings, um, that's awesome. But if, you know, uh, we want an audience and we want your input too, if, if you guys want us to talk about anything. So definitely we've got an audience. We've got a lot of cool stuff, you know, special interviews. Um, we have a special position where we are just geographically with our, you know, access to our representatives. Um, so those are special things that are coming out straight for you guys. Um, you know, today we've one of our segments is going to be telling you what is on the ballot. Um, I don't know if you're going to find that anywhere else. So, uh, yeah, share us around with your friends. Yeah, and let's, um, you know, uh, here here are our segments. You know, I don't know if we'll use this as the same intro or not, but uh, we're going to talk energy and ag. We'll have a we'll have a kind of a local news. What's on the what's on the ballot coming up for November? Um, and then we've obviously got some state news to talk about. So, Zach, let's let's jump in right into these guys. Welcome back, everyone. On this segment, it's uh, Sheridan and Johnson County, so local news. Um, Zach, we've got a lot to talk about. Uh, what's cool is you uh, you kind of dove deep into your mail-in ballot. Um, yep. So we're going to cover that, kind of like what's on the ballot, you know. Um, this is a super important episode, I think, for, for young people that may look at something like, I have no idea what that is. This is, yep. this is why we're doing it. Um, yep. First thing that we want to talk about, though, is this is super fascinating, um, is there is a there is a political action committee, a PAC, uh, in Johnson County. They are looking to uh, remove Judge Edelman over in Johnson County. Um, and really what I what I found that their biggest concern was is he was taking a lot of time on some custody cases. And a long time, like over a year. Um, now, I understand like custody cases can be very intricate, but over a year is a long time to make a decision. Um, yep. And this PAC's, you know, gripe is like, hey, these kids start floating around foster care. They start going to foster families. That's not good for the kids. And I, I agree with that. Um, you know, the State Bar Association, um, he's not even, he's barely over 50% of of you know, his favor or whatever. So, yeah, um, his poll numbers are not very good. Um, especially when you compare him to the Sheridan County judge, who is judge Fenn, uh, judge Fenn is like almost probably like a hundred percent, you know? So, um, that's something to keep an eye on. Um, you know, um, that's obviously gonna, is that on the ballot? Probably not. Or it is. Yep. It is on the ballot. So that'll be interesting for, for Johnson County. Yeah. Um, yep. So it is, uh, it's big because 
So Judge Edelman and Judge Ben share District 4. Um, District 4 covers Sheridan County and Johnson County. So Sheridan County it, it can vote to retain him. Um, so, uh, yeah, you know, it's, I don't think a lot needs to go into it that, you know, the fact is his rulings usually come very, very late. And like you said, kids are usually bouncing around foster care or their parents, you know, they parents want to know what, you know, who's going to have their, their kid. Um, and then just, you know, again, polling numbers, the two areas highlighted, I think this was in the Sheridan press was, um, courteousness and politeness. I think he ranked at about 51%, um, which was below the state average. Um, and then the other one was industriousness and promptness. Again, I think that one was at maybe 40 something percent. I might have the two numbers switched, but low numbers compared to yeah. Judge Ben, who was in the mid to high 90s. Um, so yeah, so that kind of leads us into our next little bit here. Um, what is on your ballot? So, you know, I'm going to put this little disclaimer in here that we're just wanting to inform you so you can make the best judgment for yourself. Yeah. Um, we're not doing opinions. This is all research I found online or from, you know, newspaper. Um, so do your own digging, you know, go find, be an informed voter because that's your duty. Your right to vote comes with the duty to know what you're voting for. So we're going to start off with judicial retention. We've got two Supreme Court justices uh, for the state of Wyoming who are up for uh, retention. So the Justice Lynn Boomgardner and Justice Carrie Joe Gray. Um, there's a cool, we might, we should put this link through Ballotpedia up on the website. Just kind of gives a little rundown of their history. Um, they were appointed in 2018, right before Governor Matt Mead's term expired. Um, and let's see, there's not a whole lot on their voting record on Ballotpedia, but just show, so you should know, they've both been appointed by Governor Matt Mead. Yeah. Um, Carrie Gray, uh, she's got, she was actually Matt Mead's chief of staff from 2011 to 2018. Um, before that, she had a long career in Wyoming as, a, as an attorney and social worker. So she's got a, a well-established background. Um, her law degree comes from the University of Wyoming Law School, too. So that's pretty cool. Um, Justice Boomgarden uh, also has uh, an extensive legal career in Wyoming. Uh, she got her um, JD from the University of Wyoming Law School as well. So again, not a whole lot on there, but they're new appointees. Um, they've been, you know, they were appointed by the last governor, Matt Mead. Um, and so I think that's what you should know about them. Yep. Um, then again, so the fourth judicial district, oh, I should go back and restate. So the two Supreme Court justices, they serve an eight year term. So they won't be up until the next midterm election. Um, yeah, yes, next midterm, no, the next big presidential election. Um, anyway, eight years. Yeah. <laughs> eight years, yeah. quite, quite <laughs> a few, yep. <laughs> You do, um, yeah. <laughs> so then the fourth judicial district this is judge john fenn and judge uh william edelman we just talked about they serve a six-year term if they are reappointed um again we kind of gave you a little bit of background not trying to sway you just reporting uh the facts yeah um 
So we have the Northern Wyoming Community College District trustees. That's a that's a mouthful. So when you see that on your ballot, you know this is the basically Sheridan uh, Gillette College. These are the guys in charge of that. Um, so here's the people who are currently on the board seeking re-election. You have the chair, uh, Walter Reggie, I want to say. Mm -hmm. um, you have treasurer Deborah Wentland, and then you have Gary Coltiska, who's another trustee. Um, there are three uh, candidates running against them. Let me see real quick. I think you can only vote for, you can vote for four. Okay. Um, so you have Richard Hall, Aaron Kilbride, and Tracy Swanson. Um, basically the biggest role of the fight of uh, the trustees is just kind of navigating finances. Um, so the Sheridan Press had a recent article, uh, talking about how they're going to navigate this upcoming financial situation that the state is in obviously the state or yeah the state provides funds to Sheridan college um and as we know the uh, sports were cut here at the end of the summer because yeah. there was just not enough money in the budget um so that's kind of something they have to navigate they've also had to navigate recently the situation with gillette gillette wants to withdraw from the nw uh, ccd to establish their own college um, so that's some sort of dynamic. They're going to have to work with Gillette here uh, coming up. Um, there's a couple articles on the Sheridan Press. Just go and search, you know, NWCCD trustees um, or candidates, NWCCD candidates. Um, and there will be some articles there that give you a little bit more information on their positions. Um, after that, we have the Sheridan County School District 2 trustees. Um, and so this is basically the school board. Um, I have here just what the Sheridan County School District 2 website says is the job of the trustees. So I'll read it here. Um, the board is responsible for ensuring that the administration operates in a manner that reflects sound and cost efficient management principles. This oversight role includes monitoring the district's compliance with all relevant state and federal guidelines. Ultimately, the goal is to facilitate each student in receiving a quality and comprehensive education. The board delegates the day-to-day -day administration of the schools to the superintendent uh, who works with building principals and other district personnel to carry out the policies and procedures established by the board of trustees. Um, it's important for all patrons of the school district to understand that the authority and responsibility of the board members exist only on a collective basis, not individually with each member. Um, I should point out to both all these uh, trustee and kind of positions that you're electing, you have to be a, a local resident, you have to be a citizen of Sheridan County to, to hold one of these positions. Um, so that, those are the people you're electing, your community members. Um, so here's who's seeking re-election. I think there's seven people running and you have to vote for um, five. So you have Greg, uh, Craig Acord, uh, who's the chair. You have the treasurer, Shane Rader, and trustee Wayne Schatz are all uh, seeking re-election. Uh, you have three other candidates, Mary Beth Evers, or sorry, four other candidates, Mary Beth Evers, Ed Fessler, uh, Danielle Arnault, and Dana Wyatt. Um, so there's some big names in there that have, you know, lots of time spent in Sheridan County School District working as teachers, um, super invested in the uh, education quality of Sheridan County. So here's basically what you need to know about the board. This is the big thing coming up. 
obviously Craig Doherty announced his retirement a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Um, and the board's job is to find his replacement. Um, and that search actually began a week ago on October 1st. So that search is underway, but still they're going to have several months to um, find that replacement. Yeah. Um, the, again, I'd encourage you to go to the Sheridan Press and search. Uh, there's a good article here about the candidates and uh, you know their kind of positions and their stances on these things. I want to make a a point here about uh, you know uh, our listeners that are you know Sheridan County residents. Um, there, there, there is a reason why our school district is in a good financial position. There's a reason why we have one of the best, you know, uh, group of teachers um, in best academic schools in the state, and that is due to the board of trustees. And then obviously we're losing our superintendent. So this is very, very important. Um, you know, uh, especially with like re replacing Craig. I mean, that's what they're probably going to do when they get in. Um, yep. So that's highly important. You know, you look around the state and there are, there are school districts that have been run super poorly and there's a reason why. And so um, yep. this is, that's, I think that's one of the more important local ones uh, going on right now. I agree. Um, this is, this is a big deal. Um, and all in the article that I mentioned, a lot of them expressed wanting to keep that, you know, uh, community of excellence, that kind of standard of excellence going. They don't want to see it drop, um, which is really positive. Um, you know, people are, they have different ideas on who would best be the uh, super, next superintendent, um, but all of them want somebody who's going to be able to kind of take a hands-on approach and lead um, and keep Sheridan County uh the top of the, the top, the standard across the state for yeah. uh, education. Yeah. Um, so next up, you have your Sheridan County Conservation District Supervisors. Um, there are three people running, and uh, you have to vote for two. So the incumbent is uh, Emerson Scott. Um, he is the I think he's the rural uh, candidate, which means he lives just outside the city, um, outside city limits, but still in Sheridan County. Um, I had to look this up because I had no idea what this was um, or you know what their job is. Um, it's a nonpartisan. Uh, these all these are nonpartisan. The conservation district, the board of trustees for Sheridan County, and uh, the college, nonpartisan positions, but. The uh, conservation district is run by a five-member board. Um, members of the board are local residents elected by local citizens to address local natural resource needs. Hmm. Um, conservation district supervisors serve as advocates for the local conservation program. Uh, in addition to monthly board meetings and regional and state meetings, supervisors are encouraged to participate in other local meetings and partner updates, outreach events, and to assist with field activities. Um, so like I said, you have Emerson Scott, who's seeking re-election. Um, I think he uh, is relatively new, um, but he's, you know, in a statement, he said he's enjoyed the work and he wants to continue doing it. Um, uh, so the other two candidates are Bernie Bornong and Stephanie Masters. Um, both are um kind of local business owners who have a history growing up and you know recreating in the bighorns um and around here and just kind of want to 
keep preserving that so that the uh, you know future generations can have that experience that they've had. Um, again, there's another article on the Sheridan Press um, goes in depth, lets you know about the candidates. Would really encourage everybody to go and read that um, and find out who you best want to to represent you. And I'll jump in here so that you know it's it's kind of a broad thing what these guys do. Um, so the conservation district would be you know a voice in regards to you know uh, like Ramico you know things you know like what kind of developments are allowed or you know uh, so. Um, sure. or not allowed, you know, due to conservation, you know, so mm -hmm. um, just kind of an idea um, of, of, of when they would be important of, of why, who you're electing into that position. Right. Um, and I think another thing to add to that, you know, um, we didn't really talk about it in our recap of the mayor debate, but they did mention kind of the North Main River area um, mm -hmm. and then the river rock that they want to do. So the two kind of separate parts of that um, I, I can only imagine these guys would have a big role in that. So yeah. Um, cool. So those are elected offices. There's two uh, ballot propositions that are up. Um, so the first is Constitutional Amendment A. Um, and I'll just read what it says on the ballot. This amendment will remove the constitutionally specified limit on the amount of debt a municipality can create for sewer projects and would allow the legislature to prescribe by law the debt limit for municipal server or sewer projects, excuse me. So I think right now the constitution, state constitution says it's set at 4% with an additional or flexible 4% for a municipality to incur. Um, so again, this is off of Ballotpedia. Um, the measure would remove the constitutional limit on debt a municipality can incur. Uh, the current limit on total debt is 4% of the assessed value of the taxable property within the municipality. The constitution allows for an additional 4% for municipal sewer projects. So basically this would remove that additional limit and let the legislature decide where it's at. Um, I guess each term or on an individual basis. Um, there was some more here on the website. Um, Representative Lloyd Charles Larson said that being able to incur more debt and carry that debt a little longer while they repay the debt is also a benefit back to the cities. Larson said this bill aims to remove the 4% cap on indebtedness for municipal sewer projects because the municipalities need the ability to have more money to complete sewer projects. Um, so we need to resist the temptation to remove the cap altogether. They simply want to take the cap out of the Constitution and give the legislature authority to set the, the caps uh, statutorily. So it gives a little bit more flexibility in the future for need to adjust that cap up or down. Um, again, we're just telling you the facts. I don't really have a straight opinion on that as of now, but I will say there's a history of kind of voting on something similar to this. Um, there was, I think it goes back, you know, all the way to 1919, but in 1953, they increased the debt limit of school districts. Um, 1961 clarified constitutional language separating cities and towns from counties and school districts. So just kind of narrowing and spe specifying, you know, who's incurring the debt there. Yeah. 
Um, I'm just I'm just curious the reasoning because that's about eight percent that it that constitutionally you have right now. Um, right. I guess I'm not you know I um, I'd like to know is there a city is there a municipality that or multiple municipalities that have projects that need to be done that are over eight percent of their budget to to complete. Um, I understand what I, I, I get what they're trying to do. Um, yeah. I think also you got to be nervous about sure it would clean it up, but then now the legislator has to, the legislation has to figure out what the limit is now. Um, right. Yeah. Um, I think it'd be awesome to have Bo on and talk about this or maybe yeah. just reach out and see what his thoughts are. Um, we can share that, but yeah, or like Cyrus yeah. and Mark Kinner too, kind of what? Definitely. Uh, there's got to be, there has there has to be some municipalities that need upgrades, I guess, that are, Yeah. I just can't see it being more than 8%, you know? Yeah, I don't know. And I think, you know, we talked about too, uh, well, I sorry, I didn't mention it, but it is in that mayor debate, that North End, you know, putting in a um, business park or putting in a subdivision is going to require yeah sewage and they um mayor uh, miller brought up the current water treatment facility at the north end is getting close to being kind of too small to properly facilitate that area yeah. so you know it, it could be beneficial for the city to if this passes so i, I need to do a little bit more digging before i yeah decide um all right, the last thing, this is big. Um, it comes up every couple of years, uh, the capital facilities tax or the cap tax. Um, so the capital facilities tax is approved for a specific amount for specific capital improvements to community infrastructure. Once the approved amount is raised, the tax automatically expires unless voters choose to renew the tax for another round of projects. Um, so the kind of voting history, uh, it was first, it was approved in 1989, again in 1998, again in 2003, 2009, and then 2013. Um, we'll link this website. It's just called uh, SheridanCountyCapTax.com. Um, there's a lot, there's an FAQ page where you can go and figure out more about this. Um, basically, it's really not raising your tax at all. Our current total sales tax is 6%. So if you vote yes on this, the tax remains at 6%. Yeah. Um, the other big thing is that it's not only on Sheridan County residents. Tourists and non-residents who come to Sheridan and who buy and you know stay at hotels and do touristy things are also paying into this. So it's it's helping Sheridan. You know, we're a huge tourist economy, especially in the summer. Um, it's helping Sheridan with those those projects. So uh, the cap facilities revenues are used as matching funds to obtain state and federal funding dollars for use on community infrastructure projects. Um, so again, uh, it's Sheridan County cap tax, C-A-P uh, tax.com. Uh, encourage everybody to go and check that out. Uh, make the decision for yourself. Yeah, and I'll just say, you know, uh, in talking with some of the city council candidates, this was brought up as well in their debates and everyone was kind of in agreement, you know, is it, there's no wording changing on this tax. 
Um, it's worked out really well for projects and, um, you know, the, the city actually in the county has some funds left from previous, you know, so it, it's kind of nice, you know, and that if we have projects that we need to do, we've got it there. So, um, you know, uh, and it, you know, and that was kind of everyone's concern was, you know, if, if it stays the same, how it's worded perfect. Cause it goes to, it, it goes to projects, you know, it, it can't be used for anything else. Um, right. so, uh, you know, which everyone was kind of like, you know, I, I think Tom Kelly in his debate was kind of like, I'm not usually for taxes. He's like, but if it, if it's not broken, don't fix it. You know, it, it's worked right. out well for, for projects. So one of those things that figure out what it is, you know, like we'll link it up there and, you know, just educate yourself on it, you know? Um, right. But, uh, yeah, that's some good stuff, man. I think that'll help a lot of people out, um, yeah. when they get the ballot. Um, yeah, I hope so. And it, you know, it gives you time to kind of mull this stuff over, take a look, um, you know, and make your decision before you vote. If you've already voted, hopefully you've done your due diligence and researched all this, but, um, yeah, for, you know, people who are first time voters, you know, this is, this is good stuff to know, you know, yeah. I know at 18, I wasn't worried about who's the judge and, you know, what taxes are, are being proposed. So, um, yeah, I hope this helped. Um, I thought it's something that would be super beneficial. So. Yeah, no, it was great. And, um, you know, again, this is one of those reasons why you and I wanted to do this is, is to educate people on, on kind of everything going on and, uh, yeah, uh, that should be good for you. Um, well, that was our local news segment. Yeah, that's our time. Zach, anything else you want to share? I mean, we covered a lot, so if you don't want to. <laughs> yeah, no, we did cover a lot. Um, no, I think, you know, I just, again, I want to emphasize how important it is to be an informed voter. Um, you know, don't, don't make a decision. If you don't know, even if you don't know, use the write-in feature. It's better to to either not vote for the person at all, write in, or than it is to vote for something you don't know about. Yep, totally. Um, well, uh, thanks everyone for listening in. Again, please share and subscribe all these little segments, and uh, hopefully you enjoyed this latest production of Go Be Wyoming. We'll be back next week. Uh, remember, stay focused. You know, stay positive. Um, control what you can control, uh, stay resilient, and uh, go be Wyoming. <laughs>